tuned into this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. This clip comes from episode number 370 with Molly Benetti, and we have a little chat around the value of change direction testing. So Molly works in basketball with the University of South Carolina, so it gives us a great insight into its value when it comes to basketball athletes, but that's definitely transferable into other sports as well. But just before we do dive into this episode with Molly, I want to say a big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today. So if you're looking for a free solution to be able to collect, analyze, visualize, and present data to coaches, check out AMS Lite from Rock Daisy at rockdaisy.com. So one thing we discussed on the Mastermind was testing options for change direction performance. And I think you kicked us off with probably an answer that I didn't particularly expect. And then that was that reverberated around Daniel and Neil going, yeah, I kind of think the same as well, which was the fact that you don't test loads in when it comes to change direction. So I'd just love to get your thoughts on how we understand change direction performance and testing options that we do have and then your views on that topic as a whole. Yeah, that's definitely something. Oh, and we're back with the lights. Here we go. <laughs> and uh, that's definitely something that's changed for me over the course of of my career in, in terms of shying away from truly testing a, a change of direction or using a change of direction test. And, you know, I think one thing we talked about on the mastermind, too, that I really liked how Neil broke it down is, you know, when we look at what are the key determinants of you know, a good change of direction performance. You've got your physical capacities, right? So how strong they are, how powerful they are, how explosive they are. And you can measure that and test that a multitude of ways in the, in the weight room um, through obviously strength testing, um, jump profiling. You can look at ground contact times. You can look at reactive strength, rate of force development. And even just looking at those physical capacities alone are going to give you a pretty good idea of this athlete's capabilities um, and what they might look like in, in terms of changing directions. Because if you look at those metrics and they're shit, chances are they're probably not a great mover either. Um, then you look at the, the technical aspects of it. You know, what does their center of mass look like? What does their foot placement look like? What's their trunk doing? Um, what's their pelvis doing? What kind of angles are they creating? And, and those are things that I've learned more to assess every single day in, in what we do. Um, just by throwing them into an environment where they've got to move and, and throwing a lot of open drills at them, honestly, uh, right off the bat, because that gives me a lot of valuable information about what they look like before I even really break things down or break drills down and teach technique. I want to see what they look like just in an organic environment first. Um, and then, you know, the third component of that is that agility um, and task specific aspect of it and, and adding the cognitive effects of that as well, too. So, you know, I kind of break it down and you know, figuring out how you can assess each of those pieces. And I've just found that, you know, uh, my best measure, or I guess my best assessment of their ability to move is through just the, the basic strength and, and kind of jump profiling that we do in the weight room, as well as I'm watching them in practice every single day and seeing what their movement looks like. And I'm talking with our coaches about how they move and how they see them move as well as every single day in our prep work, um, I think we take a little bit different uh, approach to it. Um, because typically in, in strength and conditioning, especially in the college sector, when we talk about teaching movement, it's done in a very controlled manner with very few fluctuations. And that used to be me too when I, when I would teach change of direction and, and movement and all of that. But I've really kind of shied away from that. And I really like to incorporate a lot of gameplay and problem-solving activities within our warm-ups. 
And that gives me a lot of valuable information about how they move as well. And then I can regress if I need to in terms of really teaching technique and using the warm-up period to incorporate some of more some of those more closed drills, um, lateral movements, um, acceleration, deceleration, a lot of different, you know, hip turns, uh, rotational movements, and just incorporating those every single day uh, to get small exposures to it. Um, but I really have just found that, you know, doing a change of direction test like a, you know, 505 um, pro agility doesn't really give me any information. And, and I found that just because they get better at that test doesn't mean that their actual movement performance is getting better in the place that it matters most, which is on the basketball court. And so we know that uh, sport is chaos and it involves so many different components. And so if I can get a, a pretty accurate idea through the testing that we're doing in the weight room, talking with our sport coaches and watching them in practice and in games, I can really figure out where their deficiency is. Is it a physical capability? Is it technical? Is it tactical? Or, or is it cognitive? And then from there, I can really figure out, okay, where do we need to spend some time from a movement um, side of things? And so I think uh, I don't want to test something just so they can get better at the test. And I can get enough information through through what we do, especially on the jump side of things, that I can get a pretty good idea of what their what their capabilities are. Can we dive a little bit deeper into the testing itself? Yeah. Just give us, and then what would be quite nice would be to link what you do in the jump testing with the intricacies of what you actually want to achieve in the change direction ability as well. Like, I don't know, um, rate of force development. We would look at, we look to that because it links with that, for example. Is that possible? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So we're pretty fancy over here i use i use a, a just jump mat to do oh, the majority of of our <laughs> testing you know i'll be i will say we've got force plates on the way and i'm pretty pretty excited about that but i will say you don't need a lot you don't need a force plate and you don't need a lot of fancy equipment to measure some of these qualities especially in this this team type of environment where you know everything is so applied i don't need to get in the weeds of some of that technology so i'll go through a pretty thorough jump profile with them we will do a series of drop jumps, uh, both uh, double leg and single leg. I will do a just a, a basic counter movement jump with arm swing. I'll do that single leg as well, um, both off one leg, land on one leg, and off one leg, land on two legs, where they're just worried about pure force and takeoff and not worrying about having to land on one as well. Um, I'll do a, a repeat four test. I'll use that as well to look at jump height. So it'll give me the average of the four jumps as well as their ground contact times. And then something that we've just started to do recently is that same four jump, uh, both on right leg and left leg. So I can look at their react reactivity uh, right to left and see what those differences are. And so from, from all of those tests, I can get a pretty good idea of um, are, are they strong? Are they powerful? Are they explosive? Um, what's their reactive strength like? And then from there, I can really hone in on what that athlete needs. And what I've found, to be honest, is that especially for the first couple years that I get an athlete here, most of the time they just need to train consistently and all of those qualities are going to improve. And then it's really once we have an athlete that's been in, in our program for you know two, three years is when some of those uh, real specific differences start to come into play of how how is that information being used to really individualize training is this an athlete that 
uh, jumps slow, but jumps high. Okay, I need. I know I need to focus my my uh, our time on creating a little bit faster sh- stretch shortening cycle. Um, is this athlete have a really really significant right to left deficiency? Okay, let's try to close the gap there. And then also, is that showing up in what we're seeing on the court as well? Um, and so just taking that information and really trying to, you know, I'm in a, in a position where uh, we have 16 athletes and it's just me. That's my only team. And so I get to really train them all day long, essentially. And I can really break down uh, player by player and focus on what they need, as opposed to being in a big team setting where everybody's got a pretty similar program and we've got small tweaks here and there. And so it's really dependent on um, the development, uh, developmental level of the athlete, where they're at in terms of what I'm focusing on. Um, And then also, um, you know, where, where, where does that deficiency lie? And then how can we figure out where the, uh, you know, lowest hanging fruit is in terms of creating a, a more robust, more, more adaptable, better moving athlete. You're absolutely killing us here, giving out, giving all the secrets that it's actually just consistent training. <laughs> it's crazy. You're killing us. <laughs> it's cra- it is crazy. And you know, it's, <laughs> they, it's, it's crazy. You know, our, we have obviously, you know, a pretty good basketball team and we have some of the best players in the country and you get them in and most of them have never trained before too. So, you know, take me out of the equation. They're still going to be great at basketball, but <laughs> when you get some solid consistent training under their belts, it's pretty amazing uh, what can happen, right? Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So this clip came from episode number 370 with Molly Bonetti, and you can find that on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today, and I'll chat to you next time.